I guess this is breaking news. I'm not sure if you know already, Sam, but uh, the the shows are starting again. Yay! Thank God. We've been spinning our wheels for so long, Harry. God, how long? We've been directionless with no purpose. Like, and I'm talking about a purposeless podcast in general. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, it's a podcast where explicitly I've asked, and the majority of the people listening don't actually watch the show. Yeah, we start at such a low level, and to have gone down from that, my God, it's been a rough month or so. Like, how how long has it been? You were gonna look that up. I know that time is meaningless in the now time, but it, it'd be nice to have an actual answer to peg on to that. Uh, May 27th was when we posted the episode for the last new Kamen Rider Zero One. May 27th. So, like, a, a month ago. Our entire schedule and whole idea on how this works totally fell apart <laughs> after about a month. I mean, it was a force majeure thing. Like, you know, we we just straight up, we had no choice. <laughs> it was distracting because of the ongoing crisis and also the, like, three other crises that popped up. There. Boy, just the list of things that we're trying to not harp on too much in the podcast is just getting longer. Like, are we not allowed to mention murder hornets? Like, we are in the Pacific Northwest. I honestly don't even know what you're talking about when you say murder hornets. Really? Like, I think that one just missed me. Like, I've heard about the oh, murder God. rats, but... Well, that's that's an East Coast thing. Uh, but no, it's... The the shows are starting. Uh, they've been doing clip shows, which annoyingly need to check, because there was a Kamen Rider Zero One thirty five point five that may have, like, a slight amount of plot, so I'll look into it. But, uh... Oh, shit. But, like, this is kind of brilliant, because apparently uh, Kira Major has been doing, like, a... I'm not sure if this is just one thing they did, but they did a Groundhog's Day uh, uh, episode where they just kind of re-edited <laughs> the footage of one character being stuck in a loop. <laughs> I love the creativity that, like, apocalypses bring about. Welcome to Brokusatsu, Two Brothers' exploration of tokusatsu shows and associated media. I'm Harry. And I'm Sam. And uh, I just want to apologize. I am in a new recording space uh, tonight, which means that I don't have the walls all padded up with, like, sound-absorbing material. So, depending on how much of a headache this is uh, for Harrison to see edits a podcast, I might have to put up some baffling before next week. Well, if, yeah, if it's significant enough of a problem for me for you to actually change your setup, then it really will be extraordinary. Aha! Like, you know, there's, I just have some lovely blank walls around me just begging for me to hang on some spare, like, blankets and sheets and the type of stuff that we have in the closet for people to come over and crash on a couch, but they never do. And, and now, now they really aren't. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you, so you got spare sheets and stuff, Sam. But anyway... Yep. This is the apparently the last episode before our regular coverage can restart. So they're they're restarting like this this weekend is what you're saying. Yes. Awesome. There's a new Sentai episode and the Kamen Rider was like at an episode that may have had some like new content, but I think it's largely clip based. Like I I don't know. Whatever it is, we'll watch it. Like we we need an end to the spiral, Harry. Like we've been stuck for so long. So long. Once we got addicted to having something, you know, pushing us forward in terms of a regular show, we we could go back. 
we might after zero one is done. There's every possibility that would be like, no, that didn't work out. That'll be a part of our end of season discussion. Like, you know, we did a live coverage. Did it work? Was it fun? Was it engaging? Did it drive us insane? If we do it again, like, will we cause another apocalypse? Like, are we just doomed every time we do live coverage to cause some kind of global catastrophe? What if that does happen, Harry? Like, what if we cover, like, a live Sentai and something else like this happens? Like, that is the weirdest fucking SCP. Just, like, a podcast that nobody listens to, but whatever they cover, the world is destroyed and, like, related to the thing that they cover. (laughs) Do you know SCP? Uh, SCP, SCP, um, something creepy pasta. No, it's a it's a whole online horror thing, kind of like, uh, just like a wiki basically of mysterious objects that have rules. It's it's kind of interesting, you know. It's it's just a bunch of crowdsourced uh, sci-fi horror stuff. That's you know some some of it's pretty good, some of it's dumb, but you know it's it's a thing to get into. Maybe fuck it, maybe we'll cover some. Uh, well, no, no, because we actually have a format going forward. Well, I mean, in as much as we cover it, which is about 50% of the time. Yeah, like, I mean, we're doing two Power Rangers RPM this week, and I'm a little worried because, I mean, there's some stuff this week, but it is just a lot of fight scenes. Yeah, our coverage is going to take maybe 10 minutes this time. Yeah, but but we do have a game at the end. Because, as we said, we have 10 minutes of content, if that. And also I'm posting, like, five hours of the, like, the, the actual play audio, so it's it's not like you're super lacking for content these days. all right so on to rpm ranger black he has a triggered sense memory uh based on ranger blue dropping a socket wrench in a garage which begs several questions like has no one else dropped like a a metal tool around him like is this literally the first time that someone has dropped something in his presence Uh, i I mean i think ptsd can hit you like in unexpected ways you know it's not super predictable predictable well, it, it's not ptsd it's like repressed memories although frankly at this point it might be like overwritten me- like you know memory is so malleable like are we sure that he's dredging up like repressed memories or is he creating new memories from whole cloth well there was the whole storyline where memories were implanted by vengex you know so it's even on top of that like it's i i don't think that there's really any relevant information in there anymore uh, especially because as he looks well, over they do he- show to face just like I mean, we're not supposed to know it's Tanaya, but that's Tanaya. Well, she isn't, like, fully looking at the camera, so it's a little hard to tell, but it, it's Tanaya. Also, these are the it's... episodes where Vengex is shouting, No, you're definitely not at all human, you're just a machine I made. Stop thinking about it. <laughs> but yeah, there's a little bit of a background drama, and then after that, there's a fight! And the general's there, along with the last remaining military members of the city. Yep, his, his three soldiers, which are just... His three soldiers, the only ones he has. And I, I think he feels a little bad because, you know, he's been shown that they need to be more proactive. So he's, he's the leader of the group, but he's still going out on foot and be like, no, I'm, I'm going to show up and shoot my gun some. Uh, I will say that the military members, they have on some like, you know, some high tech football pads. They have like big laser rifles, like because they have so few military members still remaining in the city, they can actually heavily equip them. <laughs> Well, it, it's the Starship Troopers gear. Like, I've heard that that movie, due to the, the way it was designed, like, uh, they made so many spare costumes that the Starship Troopers armor is used on pretty much every low-budget sci-fi show moving forward. Like, on Firefly, the Alliance soldiers were wearing Starship Troopers gear, and it, I think it's that. Like, they have those types of helmets and vests. 
Starship Troopers and Waterworld. Like if you're in if you're in a future and someone has to walk like a soldier has to walk by in nondescript armor, that is Starship Troopers armor. If you're in a post-apocalypse and someone has to walk around in like uh, raggy clothes, that is Waterworld clothes. Oh, so they get both ends in this one. So the fight starts. Uh, everybody shows up. They're blasting away bunches of grinders. Uh, little little girls kind of mess- menaced by a new attack bot. Yes, the monster of the week this week. I thought it was like a walking, like a hot plate, <laughs> but it, it was actually, it was a sewer pipe with a manhole cover as a hat and a very tubular body. And um, I actually quite liked the design, so I was slightly sad when he died five seconds later. Yeah, he doesn't get big either. I, this is one of those costumes that must have just been totally unusable due to the way it was shown in the show. Yeah, which is a shame. It was a good, like, I mean, once I realized what it was, I appreciated the design of it. Yep, but it just shows up to menace Colonel Truman as he's kind of defending a lost girl. And at the last moment, uh, the Gold Ranger, Jem, he jumps in front and does some cool action stuff. Yes, uh, Ranger Red shows up uh, slightly later and, you know, they fight off, they destroy the Monster of the Week. Uh, they fight off the grinders and, you know, they give the general a thumbs up as they run away to go continue fighting elsewhere. And the general just kind of gives him a slow nod and a smile. Very, very gifable. Uh, back at the Vengex base, Vengex is really annoyed at his current body. And because I think this is the last time it shows up, I decided to look and see what it was in the original Japanese version. So the the one Vengex is, he was like the vice president of land pollution. Because the the robots were just, they were just polluting planets. That was their whole deal. Like, you know, they were Captain Planet villains. Their job is to create waste and just throw it into the ocean. Yes, they just run factories that don't produce products, just produce, like, chemical spills. Yeah. And uh, he, so this guy, he was, like, kind of a brainy type who was all into analyzing the heroes and making, you know, the best robots. That's why he's all protractors and stuff. But at a certain point, he got annoyed and just injected himself with all of the uh, superpower juice, which turned him into a weird mutated form full of guns and, uh, like, spikes. Uh, yeah, we don't, we honestly don't really get a good look at it this episode. Like, you know, he's just, it's the same white armor, but just a ton of shotguns poking out of its chest and heavy armor plating. And, like, it's, it's a little too busy. You know, it's it's the type of costume that a villain puts on, like, right before they die. Like, it's not a long-term costume. That's exactly what it was. Uh, but Vengex, he's still developing that new body. Back at the garage, though, the Rangers, they're, you know, coming back from the mission, and Colonel Truman is here to awar- award their bravery. And uh, he steps up, he has a little bit of a ceremony, and he awards Jem a Medal of Valor uh, for his distinguished performance in the previous mission, which... You know, this this pisses off Red quite a bit because his father has never given him that type of medal. But to be honest, it should piss off all the other Rangers, too. Like, what what Jem did that previous fight, like, it was like opening five minutes fighting. It wasn't like end of episode fighting. It wasn't the coolest fighting any one of the Rangers had done that week. Yeah, I mean, isn't that the kind of thing with actual medals where... Like, I've heard soldiers say, like, it, it's just kind of random who actually gets credit, like, for Purple Hearts, you know, dep- you get it depending well, on... Purple Heart, you get it, like, you know, if anytime you're injured. Like, that should be a pre- But I think that was, like, you know, pretty much every soldier gets injured, injured but it's just, like, if you deal with it yourself or go to a medic. And not, I'm not slandering Purple Heart, heart holders. I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you know, it's... there's We have many in our family. We love them. We, we're great at getting wounded. <laughs> 
But I mean, clearly there's just, it's just more personal stuff going on. Like, cause it, Colonel Truman, it does seem like he's going to give the award to Scott, but then he gets up spy and says, and I'm giving it to Jem. And Scott is just, well, Jem, for his part, is stoked. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like how Jem and Gemma, they're just a hundred percent all the time. He is a thousand percent about this medal. He has never gotten a medal before. And also it's gold, like him. Yeah. And he's happy, you know, he's he's just been fighting a constant war in the wastes, and, you know, he's being rewarded for doing what he loves to do. Yes, he's doing what he loves, he has never worked a day in his life. Just murdered many civilians on the way. And the other rangers have to say, hey, it's good you got the medal, and, you know, you, you deserve it, but Scott is having a weird relationship thing with his dad, and maybe don't throw it in his face. I mean, <laughs> Jem never had parents, I'm guessing, so, like, he, he has to, like, learn this. I'm a little unclear about the whole Gem, Gemma, and parents situation. Also, like, I mean, especially with what happens next episode, Harry, are Gemma, Gemma brother and sister, or are they not related? No, they're, they're brother and sister. Oh, okay, okay. So that makes uh, next episode, we'll get there. Scott, he's just at his car and be like, I have tried over and over to make my dad proud of me. I don't know what to do, man. And so what he decides to do is drive out of town as all the other rangers are going to get some kind of, like, uh, lunch or something. Uh, there's banter, and when they get back, uh, Ranger Red is gone into the wastes, uh, leaving not but tire tracks behind him. The other rangers don't realize he's gone into the wastes, so they say, eh, just, just give him some space, you know, he's, he's having a moment. But Gold realizes where he's gone, so he follows him. So we get to see a muscle car getting chased down by a, a toy a toy helicopter armed with a, a attack like missiles. Yeah, like a flying chicken. And uh, Gold and Red, they have a heart-to-heart in the desert. Like, Gold explains, like, hey, I've never had anything like a medal before, so I was super stoked about it. But you know what? You honestly do deserve it a lot more than me. So if you want it, it's yours, and I don't want it anymore. And he throws it away. He called out Scott and saying, hey, you're usually the, the plan guy and the let's do the smart thing. And it's just weird to see you drive out into the wastes like this. And Scott, you know, tries to defend himself. But he basically instantly says, yeah, this was dumb. I don't know. I'm just having a I'm having I'm having a bad time. Uh, but, you know, after he, after gold throws away his medal, like red, he goes and picks it up and hands it back to him. Like, no, you do deserve this. This is your medal. I just wish I had a little bit of recognition from my dad, too. It's a genuinely touching moment. There's good relationship works in both of these episodes, and it's kind of Jem and Gemma interacting with people outside of their, you know, duo. But uh, Scott notices, as he's picking up the medal, footprints. Human footprints. Uh, it turns out that there's a group of survivors. Uh, people who have escaped from one of the processing facilities. And uh, just as they're about to go over a ridge and uh, introduce themselves to the survivors, uh, the survivors get jumped by grinders. And so they decide to hide and realize, like, wait, they're being taken back to a processing facility we didn't know about. So let's dress up in, uh, let's dress up in refugee clothes and let's sneak in with them. That's Scott's plan. Uh, Tanaya shows up. She's kind of escorting the, the prisoners along with the grinders. One of one of the prisoners uh, is like he he's Bill from Left for Dead, basically. <laughs> yeah, he's an old general, like complete with like you know, slightly cocked hat to the side. Yeah, he's got the bray, and he sees he sees Scott and Jem and says, "Hey, I know Corinth City is twenty miles that way. I'm gonna I'm gonna cause a distraction. Get everybody out." Does a heroic thing and throws himself against some grinders. Uh, Scott is desperately being like, no, 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 don't do this. You don't understand. But, you know, the old guy, he's got his head of steam and he's just he's going with it. And uh, yeah, he takes out three grinders. 
grinders are nothing. Yeah, at this point, they really are fucking nothing, aren't they? Like, I remember episode one. Grinders were scary. Well, I mean, we saw we saw Dylan tear them apart with his bare hands. And to be fair, like, he teared apart, like, dozens. And this guy, he's taking out three, and he's a trained soldier. So it's not that crazy. Grinders are, they're not worth a lot. Tanaya gets annoyed that she's lost super valuable grinders, which maybe she's being sarcastic. And is about to ex- execute the dude. So uh, Scott and uh, Scott is telling Jem, like, wait, wait, keep with the plan. It, we need to find this base. But of course, they're not going to let the old guy die. So after five seconds of waiting, they're like, screw it. They transform. And there's a fight. Tonight is surprised to see the Rangers here. Uh, but, th- you know, they they take out the grinders. They it's just it's just like a fight. Yeah, it, it's a fight. It's a Power Ranger fight. A good one. Uh, and then they, you know, they get the truck that the grinders were going to throw the prisoners on and they drive it back to the city. Uh, depositing the survivors uh, to the waiting military as the rest of the rangers uh, form up and get big because Papa Vendrix has showed up with his gun-filled body. Colonel Truman, he's very surprised to see his old military friends, like Bill, uh, here. And Bill has to say, yep, that young man over there saved my life, and points out Scott. So the dad behind the son's back just gives the slow nod, the slow smile. This actor is very good at slow nods and slow smiles. Vendrix, his new improved, like, gun spike body it gets big and they have they have to fight him with a megazord but they just kind of attack him with an energy thing and get hit back out of the megazord to finish it on foot yeah the megazord fight in this episode lasts less than 10 seconds before everyone is back on foot and uh papa vengex instead of staying big and you know stepping on them decides to get small so he can fight them hand to hand well maybe that's what the energy attack did you know it disrupted the megazord but also him Scott, like, after some fighting, does a really cool combo move where he he borrows Jem's uh, rocket dagger and kind of surfs through the air on his giant sword. That's new. And with that, uh, Papa Vengex's body is destroyed, apparently, according to Harry, for the last time. Yeah, because this was, like, the climactic death of this uh, sub-commander, the vice president of, of land pollution. Good on him. But yeah, back at the, uh, back at the RPM garage, uh... The general shows up, and he does give a medal to his son, Red Ranger, who declines it. He's happy to get the medal, but he says, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't going out there on a mission. I was just abandoning my post and putting everybody at risk. I don't really deserve this. When, when the day comes that I do deserve it, I'll gladly take it from you, but that's not today. Aww. And the, the dad gives like a respectful nod and just walks away. We hear from Dr. Light that the survivors are coming from a facility uh, that was creating Vengex human hybrids, which, of course, Ranger Black realizes means there's more people like him out there. Maybe one that we've already met. Yeah, uh, they're they're mass-producing the hybrids, which is not a good sign. Really not. Really not. That was episode 20, so let's go into 21. So, uh, it's a Gemma-focused episode, kind of. Like, uh, we begin with uh, Gemma. She's recapping the team. She's just going from person to person, saying what she likes about them. She likes Yellow's flippy hair. She likes how broody Ranger Black is. She likes how Ranger Red leads the team, and how Ziggy tries to make jokes, even though she doesn't think they're funny. Uh, And (laughs) when she comes to Flynn, she says, and I guess he's a decent mechanic. And Flynn apparently finds the diary and reads it, which she complains about rightfully. But he says, anyway, like, come on, I'm like, I, I have, I'm a complicated character. I have stuff going on. At which point he introduces some of the advanced tech that he's been working on, because I guess he is a mad scientist ticker. Did, did we know this about Ranger Blue, Harry? Like, has this come up before at all? 
Well, I think the thing is that he's been living with Dr. K for, like, three years now, and he's, you know, learning from her tech and, like, kind of probably, like, the spare parts. Like, he, he's trying to, like, adapt, which is totally fair, you know? Like, he didn't invent this stuff, but he's he's coming up with, like, new versions of them. Well, I mean, he kind of does invent some things this episode. Like, we see that he has this uh, washing drone, which is this smart scrubber thing, which can clean a car in three seconds, and that's really cool. Like, that's... Super advanced technology. No, I, yeah, but I think that's the point. Like, Dr. K, all of her inventions are, like, very big, large-scale, like, uh, you know, inventions of the energy grid and stuff. But uh, Flynn, he's, because he's the mechanic, he's taking those things and finding, like, more simple practical uses. He's creating, like, quality of life uh, technology that will greatly help the world if they don't get killed by robots. Uh, so they talk a little bit about that and before they are called to go fight the Monster of the Week, or the first one. This is another two Monster of the Week episode. Right. Uh, the first one is a copper Don Quixote night armor, uh, like just being with kind of a cracked porcelain face. Honestly, it looks like a monster from a different series, like, you know, a more like martial medieval style series. It doesn't really look like the like the architecture, the hardware designs of the other ones in this series. So I'm not really sure what the story is behind this monster. Turns out that I can't find it. I don't know. Maybe it's from one of the movies or something, but it, it is weird and distinct. Uh, anyway, so they fight it, and apparently it is firing negatively fused electronic discharges, which... It's just it's just electricity, right? Like yeah, negative uh, all, ions? all electricity is negative. <laughs> I mean, like, ions are negative, but couldn't you have, uh, like, a discharge from also positively charged particles? Isn't that a thing? I suppose so, but isn't the defaults, like, negative? Like, so... Uh, I mean, the whatever. ion's gotta go somewhere. Like, if you generate negative one place, isn't it positive the other? Sure, maybe. I don't know. We're, we're not physicists. We really, really aren't. Uh, and neither is anyone who writes this show. So Yeah, but but Flynn is gonna try, because he has a, a new device thing that he wants to show. He's not just a simple mechanic. So when the Megazords, their energy is kind of sapped and they're temporarily offline, he hops out onto the shoulder and shoots them with a little laser gun. And it totally fries them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was trying to uh, recharge their uh, batteries, but he completely decharged them. And uh, you know how you don't want your uh, phone batteries to ever go to true complete zero because that they don't really recharge? Like, yeah, that's what they're facing right now. Dr. K, she hits the buttons and they manage to destroy it. But when they get back to the garage, she, like, I mean, th like that's what she does, right? I mean, that's just kind of like, if you want to summarize the entire series like that, Dr. Light presses a couple buttons and a monster explodes. <laughs> look, uh, th the point is, uh, <laughs> look, Sam, we can't look too hard at the fact of, like, what we're doing. Look, our core competency is, like, recapping episodes of television shows in slightly less time than it would take to just watch them yourself. Occasionally less time. Like, sometimes we go, like, super deep, and it's much, much more. Like, 45 minutes on a 22-minute episode. What The the plot thingy that's done by the buttons being pressed. <laughs> God! The monster, has, the monster has exploded, everyone is back at base. And Dr. Light is chewing out blue. Have you forgotten how to do this? <laughs> like, we've stepped away from Toku for a week and come back and be like, this doesn't make sense. 
It's all a lie. It's all a lie. The veil is off our eyes. Yeah, we're 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 looking to the center of the universe, and we're like, this is just this is just contrivances to drive the plot in action. <laughs> anyway, the, they can't use the Megazords. Is the point? And yeah. like Doctor Dr. K yells at Flynn, be, saying like, "Never pull a stunt like this again." And I'm kind of on her side. I mean, he did kind of almost kill the team. Yeah, I mean, like, like it wasn't that you know she didn't want him to use tech. It's that. It hadn't been tested, and it could have had potentially disastrous side effects. And it did! Yeah, I mean, Flood points out that he's a mechanic, you know, upgrading and improving devices is what he does. And Kay says, I cut my own hair with lefty scissors, and yet I'm smart enough to know that as a barber, I'd be an abject failure. Funny how that works. Damn. So, yeah, uh, Blue is bummed, and he's throwing out all his toys. Uh, but Gemma, like, she sees him doing this, and, you know, she's feeling real, real bad for him, because he was trying to impress the team and trying to do something really good. So she pulls some of the toys out, and she starts looking at them herself, because she also has quite the technical aptitude. Yeah, I mean, she had to maintain her equipment for three years in an apocalyptic desert, so she's also a good mechanic. Yes, their only equipment was the destroyed Vengex that were around them, and the various body parts of the civilians that they bombed. Yeah, don't don't look too closely at their zords. There may be human hearts powering some of the systems. <laughs> the greater good, they said cheerfully, as they like stripped the marrow from your boats. Ah, uh, what are we doing? <laughs> so Vengex, they made a robot, and it's a hammer. Sam, do you want to describe it? It's a hammer holding a hammer. Moving on. Yeah, Tanaya, she's getting more uppity, saying like, "Hey, I I feel like I should make more more bots. You know, there's stuff I should do." Hey, like it's it's almost like the human in me. I I want to do more. And Vedric says, "No, you're a robot. Shut up. You're always just a robot and never defy me. You're one hundred percent machine. Yeah, you are not the secret sister that we all know that you're the secret sister of. That wasn't your face that we all saw the previous episode during the dream sequence." Uh, Flynn comes back to the garage and finds Gemma working on his little uh robot thingy. Yes, which is kind of a small tire. Like it, uh. It's like CD CD sized, you know. It it it's like a tire off. I don't know, like a little bit bigger than like a skateboard tire or something like that. Yeah, and you know, like I'm saying, he's using spare parts. It's probably just a Megazord tire or something that he's mm -hmm. putting uh, electronics into. And uh, Gemma is super impressed, saying like, "Hey, you know, this is actually brilliant. I I've been working on it, and I think it could put in some great upgrades. You know, we we could make this very effective." So we get a little bit of a montage of them just working together, like, super late at night, just tinkering with machines and chatting, and having a nice moment between the two of them. And, you know, uh, Gemma's finally spending time with someone not with Gem there, and Gem is in the background getting, like, a little sad that they're... I mean, they were, like, battle buddies for years, and now they're developing as people in other ways. Like, do you think Dr. K is gonna have to sit Gemma down and be like, alright... Uh, I'm not sure anyone ever explained sex ed to you, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, with how this episode ends, yeah, I think she's going to have to have the talk with them at some point. <sighs> uh, but yeah, they uh, they take her there up uh, until late at night, and then the next morning there is a fight. Like, the Vengex have invaded the base with the hammer holding hammer, uh, because the previous one, like, lowered the shield, something, something, uh, whatever. Like, they throw out a line or two to explain how it could get inside the city. But no one actually cares. They could get inside the city all the time. Yeah, I mean, Vengex, they're just 
putting bits inside the robot so even when they're destroyed, it makes it a little easier for the next robot, which, yeah, whatever, makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it, it tracks. I like that, but, you know. The rangers, they have to go out there and deal with him without any types of zords. But blue and gold show up and say, hey, you know, we kind of accessed your systems last night and put in our blueprints for our new, like, road attack sword. Dr. Light, like, she's kind of put up against the wall. Uh, blue says, listen, just trust me one time. Just trust me this once. And so she does. And she gives him the permission uh, to activate the road attack bot, which has just a tire that rolls around and attacks people at random. It works. I mean, it, it hits the robot, and then it keeps driving around, and then it starts hitting other rangers. And Gemma quickly realizes that, oh, my upgrades meant it has too much power and it can't really control itself. I'm sorry, Flynn. Uh, so we see this tire just, you know, bouncing back and forth between, like, Crush Avengix, Crush a Ranger, Crush Avengix, Crush a Ranger. Uh, but then they manage to uh, deactivate it because, you know, there's an off button that uh, they, that they put in there. Well, it's a tire. So once they realize that the best way to stop it is not to block it from the front, but just step to the side and hit it in the middle, then it goes down. Like, they say it's an off switch, but it's just that it's a tire. They push it over. <laughs> uh, yeah, they push it over and it gets small. Uh, but then the hammer gets big, uh, at which point Blue and Silver show up in their zords, which are functioning because uh, Blue realized that Silver put in too much power. But that means that they can siphon off that power and they can activate their zords again. Yeah, They're just freewheeling with the whole energy systems here, but... Yeah, whatever. Yeah, conservation of mass and energy be damned. Like, energy's everywhere! Uh, so they slam all of the zords together into their, like, big nine-zord megazord. And then they shoot a tire at it, which transforms into this adorable little murder bot. It just, it just jumps around, does, like, little kicks and stuff. I, um... Harry, do you remember the cassette transformers? Oh, like, yeah. That, yeah, that's what this feels like. It feels like, you know, a tiny little just murderous bot that shoots out of the chest of a bigger bot to go and kick some ass. Well, the big bot, I don't know, goes and gets some coffee or something. Yeah, well, I mean, it just kind of stands in place. And for the finisher, it like hits the tire sword towards the enemy and it like turns out into like a flying punch or something. So it's it's a fun, fun CGI throwdown and many toys were sold that day. And uh, as the episode ends, you know, Gemma's writing in her diary that, you know, hey, Blue seems a little more interesting than the other people's. I kind of want to spend more time with them. Also, Dr. K says I need to learn something. She says I need to sit down and have a conversation with her about birds and bees. And and not the types that are giant robots that combine into each other. But in a sense, it is about that. (laughs) Uh, And that's Power Rangers this week. Uh, You gotta find a couple episodes. And so now, uh, because we need to kill some time, on to the 20 questions. Yeah, like, this is, I've been looking for games that we could do that didn't require a huge, huge amount of preparation. And uh, I, I saw someone, like, playing, uh, like, Werewords on on YouTube, which is just, like, 20 questions. And I was like, wait, we could just do 20 questions for Toku. So this is Toku questions. Now, the rules of this are, uh, it's just straight 20 questions. Uh, only yes, only no. And if... What do we do if it's, like, a genuine maybe, Harry? I'll say, mm, I mean, that could be something we deal with as we go. Do they just not count towards the yeses and the noes? We'll, we'll feel that out, maybe. But it's, okay, okay. so the, the subjects have to be something that we've covered on the show, you know, from one of the movies or series. You don't need to get the specific name, because otherwise that would just disqualify Sam. So if you can... Yes, it would. 
if you could just specifically identify the person or thing, then mm-hmm. that's fine. And in theory, we organize them in terms of easy, medium, hard, just so the game gets more interesting as it goes along. Yes, those were entirely arbitrary decisions. Harry will absolutely disagree with my easy, medium, hard. And you know what? I will side with him. I And I'm trying to actually make this easy, medium, hard. Like, I, I came up with... Because I'm the guy who actually remembers these series, so I could have 100% come up. <laughs> I, I could have come up with obscure characters that you didn't even remember existed. I have a flawless memory, Harry. I could have done anything from Gridman, Sam, and you would have never gotten it. <laughs> but instead, I did something. I would have said, like, a seven-foot high schooler that weighs, like, 300 kilograms and has a metal jaw for some reason. All right, Sam, would you like to guess first or uh, answer first? I will guess first. All right. Then I am looking at my easy choice. And okay. Sam, you have 20 questions. I'll I'll mark them out. <laughs> you know, it occurs to me that doing six of these might be a very long time, but let's well, that, just dive that, into it. Well, that's why we're doing this when we have, like, not a lot in the uh, main episode. Like, <laughs> All right, Harry. Uh, so, question one. Is... Is your thing uh, a physical object from a series? Yes. Is your thing living? No. Okay, so a physical, non-living object. Is it larger than a bread box? Yes. A nice definitive yes there. Is it from a series? Uh, A a TV series, non-movie series. Okay. Yes, because I think all the stuff we've covered has been in some kind of series. Uh, HK might not be, but let's let's pretend that doesn't exist. None of mine are from HK. Uh, so let's see. Oh, oh, all of mine are from HK. Is yours a mad science object? No. Is yours from a Sentai series? That's six questions, by the way. Common Rider series. Yes. Common Rider W. So probably Common Rider. Well, damn it, we've done two others. Common Rider Gaim. Yes. Building sized or larger? Re- rephrase. Is your thing a building or a part of building? Yes. Is it the juice bar? No. Damn. Is it a part of the Yggdrasil? Part of or the entirety of the Yggdrasil? Still building. No. You said it was part of a building, right? Yes, and I'm counting that. God damn it. So that's 12. <sighs> so not the Yggdrasil building, not the juice bar. Uh, some other some other buildings. Um, is it... Is, is it a residence? Do people live there? No. People uh, do not live wait. There. Is that a separate question? Well, that's the definition of a residence. Do people live there? Yes. Oh, people do live there. But it's a non-traditional residence. Is that a question? No, it's a statement. I believe you are at 15. Five left. I'm at 14. I have six left. I'm not sure you counted the one where like, you asked me a question for clarification and I counted it. Does a main character live there? A, a, a protagonist main character. Yes. Is it the tree? No. Damn. I will say that you have got into some ambiguous territory, 
but I still feel like I have answered the questions properly. Is it the Baron HQ? No. Does it have a dad stage in it? No. No, but you want to say yes. Is that a question? No. Because you have one left. Yes. I, I think that means that you need to guess it specifically with this. Some of those are... Um... <laughs> I'm trying to think of all the atypical non-traditional residences. Wait, is it the Grease Lightning Garage? Yes. Ah, with, ha, the la- ha. with the last one. Uh, okay. Like, you did the Baron Warehouse, and I'm like, but they that's in, like, two episodes. And they, they live in the Grease Lightning Garage for most of the apocalypse. Okay, got it. So one point, Sam. Uh, but, you know, we're, the tiebreaker is done by questions, and you did use the full 20. <laughs> All right, Harry, my easy one is queued up. Is it a physical object? Yes. Is it from a Super Sentai series? No. Is it a living being? No. And, and just, all right, I I should have made I should have made this clear when I'm asking the question, but I would count human gears as living beings. Don't, don't front. Uh, they're as alive as you or I, yes. Okay, good. I, all right. Is it a location? Yes. Is it from a Common Rider series? No. Is it from an English language series? No. Not Common Rider, not Sentai. Uh. Oh, is it from Garo? No. It's a location, not from Sentai, not from Common Rider, not from Garo, and not from English language. Mm-hmm. Is it from Ultraman Nexus? Yes. Is it the zoo? Yes. <laughs> oh, I know you too well, Sam. Uh, all right. All right. All right. Love all right. that zoo. Love that zoo. All right. Well, Tell me about the zoo. I have the medium difficulty selection. You're probably going to win this one, Harry, but... Alright, so medium difficulty. Uh, is this thing a physical object in the series that it is from? Yes. Is this thing from a common Rider series? No. A Sentai series? No. So, physical object, not from common Rider, not from Sentai. From an English language series? Yes. That narrows it down. I'm going to assume it's from Black Lightning, but I'm not going to verify... Is that a question? No. Yes. What? Is it from Black Lightning? No. Damn. Glad I verified. Um, what the hell? Is it from Star Wars? Yes. Is it from a good Star Wars? Yes. Is it a living thing? Yes. Is it? Is it a character? Yes. With a name and lines? Character with the name and lines. Try not to leave a huge gap in the middle of your question and add on to it afterwards. Otherwise, I'll count it as another question. Does this character survive to the end of the movie? Yes. Is this a character that was known in-universe prior to the movie? Rephrase. Has this character appeared in other films prior to this movie? Prior film and production timeline, not necessarily prior in-universe timeline yes okay i know it down a lot londo 
No. Is the character human? No. Darth Maul? No. That's 14. Yeah, that's 14. Non-human appeared in Chewie? Correct. Chewbacca. All right. And you got that in 15. Nice. I'm improving. I'll get the next one in 10. I'm calling it now. Uh, I mean, considering how much we talked about the Grease Lightning Garage, I thought that that would be easier than Chewbacca, which I, I wasn't sure if you would consider the English language ones, but I guess I revealed that that was on my mind. So, All right, Harry, my medium is loaded. Is it a physical object? Yes. Is that just going to be our first question for all of these? So it's really like 19 questions? But it's a good question. it's a really good first question. It's a, it's a good starter. Yeah. Is it from an English language series or yes. media? Okay. Is it from Black Lightning? Yes. Is it a living creature? No. Is it a location? No. That's five, right? That, that's not a question. That's not a question. You sure it's not a question? I, I think... I think we should be able to check to see how many questions we've done without it being a question. But I, I have written down five, so I'm going to say five. But that's All not right. a question. If you are if if you would count that as a question, then it's not one. <laughs> I will not count that as a question. For I'm kind and generous. Did this appear in more than one episode? Yes. From the top of your head, would you be surprised to find out that it appeared in every episode? Like I'm not, I'm not expecting you to have like categoric, you know. Do you think it probably? I'm going to kindly rephrase that for you. It does not appear in every episode. Is it bigger than a bread box? Yes. Well, define big. Hmm. Define big. Uh, my brain's turning off now. Um, <laughs> def- <laughs> define big. Uh, it. Rephrase the question with a more specific phrase of big. Does its size vary largely between episodes? Or, uh, or in the, you know what? Forget that. Don't answer that one. Define big? Is it something that exists also in the real world? Yes. Define big. I believe that's nine questions. Uh, I thought it was eight, but... You're throwing me off with define big. Fuck. <laughs> define. Well, I mean, as soon as you define big, it'll be nine questions. No, no, me defining something isn't. Like, if you're not giving me an answer, then I'm not using it up. Or like, or saying it's ambiguous is like you giving an answer. But like me, so is that your answer to? Is it bigger than a bread box? That it is, and that that is difficult to answer. Like it's super ambiguous. I'll take that as an answer. Uh. Yes, I will say that it is ambiguous. And that's not a question, motherfucker, by the way. So we're we're on nine. We're on nine. Something that exists in the real world. So it's not... I was thinking it might be green light, because that's a drug, but that's not something that exists in the real world. Um, define big. <laughs> Def- hmm. Something that exists in the real world. It's black lightning. Oh, it's pro- it's probably like electricity or lightning or something. That's not a question. I'm just thinking of. Uh, is it relating to? Is it related to black lightning using his powers? No. It's a physical object on location. Define big. I really threw you off with that one. Yes, yes, Sam. <laughs> I don't feel bad for my hard one anymore. Define big. It appears in every episode. 
to find Big. It's not related to him using his powers to find Big. That will be the definitive question. That's the name of the episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's obviously fucking Defined Big. Like, I, I, I was thinking that, yeah, so this episode's named Defined Big. Is it related to someone using their, like, uh, metahuman powers? Um, no. No. What the fuck does... <laughs> You'll understand in nine more questions, but apparently not before then. It's not related to superpower. It's not... <laughs> Something that exists in the real world. Is this something I could buy at a store? Yes. Is this something that would typically cost less than $100? No. So it's, it's an expensive thing? I mean, I might want to double check that, but pretty sure it's a no. I have eight questions oh, left. Um, I have eight questions left, right? And that's not a question, damn it. Um... Oh, and it sounds like you're revising. Well. All right. No, well, I'm sticking right. with more than $100. Okay, so I have eight questions left. And this is kind of a called shot, but I think I may know your brain. Okay. Is this a harpoon gun? Yes, it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's 100% bigger than a bread box. What the fuck? Well, I mean, it's... It's longer than a bread box. You couldn't yes. fit it inside a bread box. Yes. But it's also much narrower and thinner than a Sam, bread box. Sam, if something could not... It's also not the same mass as a bread box. Like, bread boxes have way oh more Oh my mass. god. Oh my god. If something could not... If something is larger than a bread box in any dimension of volume, then it's fucking larger than a bread box. What the Wait, fuck are you, are you talking that, about? So, are you saying that a spear gun is larger than a bread box, but a bread box is larger than a spear gun? What? If you said it exists in any dimension, like, you know, so the spear gun has the length, but the bread box has the width and the height. I mean, in some in some dimensions, a bread box is larger than a spear gun. So if you had answered, if you had said, is this larger than a, is a bread box larger than a spear gun, you would say yes. And then if I asked, is a bread box smaller than a spear gun, you would also say yes. I'm pretty sure that the generally understood context of that question is that if you say, is X thing larger than a bread box, it's that, could X thing fit within the volume of a bread box, not, is it... Well, then why the fuck didn't you ask it that way, Harry? Because like, common question. convention... Hard question. Go. Fucker. Is this a physical object? No. <laughs> um, so not a physical object. Is it from an English language source? No. Is it from a Sentai series? No. Common writer? Yes. W? No. Zero one? No. Ooh. Wait, you went double dip gaim. Is that a question? No, that is a statement. Is it from like the original Common Rider series? Yes. Alright. We only watched like four episodes of that. It's it's not a physical thing. It's from that. Is it is it a concept? I no. No. Is it a sound? Something no. you hear. Is it an idea? No. So that was question nine? No, ten. Yeah, damn. So a non-physical thing. Now just double checking. Just double checking. This is not a question. This is a statement. You're aware that like 
you're aware of stuff that is, you know, on a physics level, both an object and not an object. And so if I ask if it's a physical thing, it like it counts. I'm including that because clearly that would include that. What you just said does not affect my judgment of any previous questions. All right. All right. It's not a concept. Not a. Is it related to the main character? Yes. Is it a 600 IQ? No. Is it wind? No. No. Seven left. Am I in the ballpark? Is that a question? Yes. No. No. Fuck. I'm not going to get this one. Is it punching Nazis? No. Hmm. That would be easy. Punching Nazis. That that would have been in every series. Yeah. By strict interpretation of the rules, if you don't get this right, then I automatically win, I think, because I won the previous ones by enough of a margin. Shut up. Is it a statement either written or spoken? Mm, No. No. But but I say that with some uncertainty. Oh. Hmm. Is it a, a mantra? No. But you are in the ballpark. Not kind of. You're well. You're you're mm, you're not exactly in the ballpark. You're you're not really in the ballpark. I don't really remember what his like. You know what any of his like call signs were. What any of his like statements. His attack words. Like this was very memorable to you specifically. Oh fuck me. Um, you brought this up. I brought it up. And I'm going to count that as a question, because that's a big hint. God damn it. Do, do you think that unfair? Do you want me to take it back? or No, that's perfectly fair. But it's also taunting me, because I don't remember. Uh, Three questions left. Do you want, do you want another hint for, to use up a question? Yes. It is a physical action. Is it film being rewound in time to make an action look possible? No. No. I get one more? One more, Sam. One more. One more. Called shot. Called shot. Uh, is it driving a motorcycle without being able to see? No. Oh, damn it. What was it? Dabbing. Oh. Ah, fuck. Fuck. He totally dabbed. Yeah, and you called it out. He absolutely dabbed. You were like, Harry, he dabbed. And I was like, oh, yeah. And I researched it. And I was like, yeah, Common Rider is basically the originator of the dab. <laughs> okay. Uh, so technically, uh, well, 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 let's play this next one out. I'm not going to do the math because let's let's do the last one. I mean, you've already won, but. I'm not sure. Like, it, it could be close. I don't know. It, it is close. But, I mean, getting the first one in nine, you know, kind of sealed the deal. Uh, but, all right. So, Harry, ask your first question. Which I think I know what it is, because it's been our first question for all the previous five questions. Is it from an English language series? Yes. Is is it a physical object? No. Okay. No points for cleverness there. Is it from a Power Ranger series? No. Is it from Star Wars? Yes. Not a physical object from Star Wars. Is this in The Rise of Skywalker? No. So, because it had to be something we covered, it has to be solo. Are you sure? I'm thinking, because I don't think we've covered Star Wars other than... 
shit. But I guess we ranted about The Last Jedi for a while, and you would probably include that. Uh, is this from Solo? Yes. Okay. Worth being sure. Not a physical object. Is this the Kessel Run? No. <sighs> Not a physical object. Not... What? Non-physical? Because, like, the Force wasn't really present in that one. Okay, okay, okay. What the hell? Not a physical object from Solo. I'm, I'm really blanking. Um, Harry, you just maybe do a non-physical object on, you know. Also, just throw it out there. You could argue that a dab is a physical object. No, it's, it's an action. All right, is this an action? Yes. Is this something done by one of the main... Is this something done by a protagonist? Yes. Is this Chewie ripping off someone's arms? No. You're wasting some shots here. I Look, I got a couple called shots. Maybe it got cocky. Also, technically, I've already won the game, but I do want to play this. <laughs> Is this done by Han Solo? No. Is this done by Chewie? No. Is this done by Lando? No. Is this done by L3? Yes. Physical action. Hmm. Okay, but it's not done by Lando. So it's not them having sex. No. Okay. That wasn't a question. That was absolutely that was... a question. No, no, that that <laughs> that was question fourteen. No, 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 Sam. That was me saying. So it's not. Wait, fourteen? I I thought I had already used fourteen. I, I okay, sure, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Fine. So I have six left, effectively, and that's not a fucking question, Jackass. Yes. Is it related to her freeing all those droids? Yes. Is it? Just her freeing all those droids. I mean, I classified it as droid rebellion slash droid revolution, but yes, I'll, I'll give you that. Okay. Well done. Well done. Yay! That, that, that was fun, you know. Mm -hmm. a, a little dry, though. Like, I, if there were some competitive element we could figure out, although that'd require a guest and uh, yeah, Ellen. Uh. Maybe, like, uh, maybe put some peppy music over the top of it. No, I mean, I, I like it, you know. Well, well for, and hey, it's it's like the games we've done before the, in the past. Like, they, like we did, we did like high school exams before, you know. We, you know what you're in for, and next week, you're in for us covering fucking Common Rider Zero One. God, yes, thank God, we're back. It's back. In this troubled times, we can at least get our human gears and our Common Rider back up and running. God, I hope it's not just shit. Like, wouldn't that suck if, like, we wait all this time and comes back and, like, oh, this is a terrible episode? <laughs> but, I mean, that could happen. There's no guarantees, it, but... It but absolutely there, could. It might take up a few to get back into the swing of things. Yeah. But, Sam, there is one guarantee. What is that guarantee? That guarantee is dance. We're gonna keep dancing. Everyone, keep dancing. Keep dancing.